Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about stupid Disney myths, how to handle crowds when you don't have a choice but to be there when there are crowds, and more silly shit in Disney. Today we're going to start with a stupid Disney myths segment. Um, basically, there are a lot of weird things that people say are true about Disney that are not true, or that people say are weird about Disney that aren't actually that weird. Like, there's this idea that nobody dies on Disney property, which is a lie and also kind of a misleading thing even if it was true because like usually they don't declare you dead until you've gotten some kind of medical attention which usually means you're already going to be off the property of the place where you were when the thing happened that might have killed you i mean i suppose there are some you know dead on the scene pronounced dead on the scene type and there of have things, been at but... disney there have been a few of those at walt disney world and disneyland and stuff the thing that blows my mind is if people think that it's possible for people to not die somewhere i mean it's not like it's some sort of immortality bubble like <laughs> disney has a lot of magic but i don't think they have that kind of magic but i mean the thing is there are rides if you have a bad heart and you're going on rides anyway, like, you might die. It just happens. Well, it's not even that. It's not even, like, like there are those things that have happened. They're out there. Uh, My Favorite Murder did, like, a whole episode where instead of doing murders, Georgia did, like, Disneyland deaths or something. Whoa. I was like, what? (laughs) A, that's not a murder, and B, okay. Um, it was just a little bit weird, but there are, there are those ride incidents, but there are also things where like a plane crashed once or like someone came in and, you know, killed themselves. Unfortunately, things like that do happen. The idea is that like Disney doesn't allow you to pronounce anyone dead on their property. And it's like, that's not actually the case. Like usually you don't, again, life-saving measures begin and continue until you get to the hospital and like confirm that they're dead, dead and you can't bring them back. So like, that's part of why not many people are, but there are people who have been like pronounced dead while on Disney property. So like, it's just a weird, one of those weird, silly, like, why is Disney like this? And like, Disney's not even actually like that. Like, sure. They don't want that look, but it's not, it ain't ain't that big of a deal. Yeah. And generally speaking, I mean, what's the first of the four keys, Val? Safety. Oh yeah. And so safety, (laughs) Safety first, like they take it very seriously, which means that they're not going to try to move people along quickly to get them off property before they die. Like they're going to make sure that people are getting as much care as they as they can get. Yeah. The the bigger bunch of these is like the other stupid Disney myths or like not even necessarily myths, but like things that are true, but that aren't that weird. But people keep making these fucking listicles about. Yeah. Yeah, I those those really crack me up. I, I watched the one that you, you linked earlier, Val. I don't even remember where that came from, but like it came up and it was like, Ooh, banned items at Disney World. Well, and they're all like, they're all like kind of obvious with a couple that you're like, Oh, 
I would have thought to ban that. Like, but... guys, did you know drones are banned? Holy fucking right. shit. That's so weird. Why would they ban drones? Like, obviously they ban drones because everyone who fucking buys them doesn't know how to pilot them. They'd be crashing them into other guests and shit all day and someone would get seriously injured eventually. Also, like, if, drones, if drones weren't banned at Disney, you would know. Because right. there would You'd be like a thousand the of them. It would right. be an awful mess. It's obvious. Also, like pogo sticks. Who the fuck cares if pogo sticks? It's 2019. Wait. Who uses pogo sticks? Can you imagine, too, like going into Disney and trying to pogo around? You would destroy someone's feet. Yeah, you'd, you'd destroy someone's feet. You'd also probably fall down a bunch because the terrain changes so much. And again, who fucking uses pogo sticks imagine Except nathan barnett in that kmart commercial uh, imagine too like a pogo stick in the rails like oh my god the stupid <laughs> i like i i have almost hurt my ankle enough times on the like rails for the streetcars or whatever never mind trying to do that with a pogo stick yeah i've done the almost rolled my ankle yep, kind of thing a several times. times and like folding chairs is one of them and it's like well again obvious because otherwise like people would just fucking set chairs up in the middle of the road all the time like it's not that's not a weird thing and and again it should be obvious because you've never seen them people are camped out for hours sitting on curbs for the fireworks and yet nobody thought to bring a folding chair. Of course they thought to bring a folding chair. It's just not allowed. Right. And like, it's not, the thing about these is that like, if you've been to Walt Disney World, they're not weird. But they've, again, there's been this like weird proliferation of articles that are like this, that every time I read them, I'm like, duh, 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 duh. Whether it's like things you can't bring or the weird myths or like Disney hacks and secrets. And it's like, none of this is actually like, I know that we go a lot, but it's like, even if you've gone like once or twice, you would know these things. And it's just a weird trend. Like I hate clickbait in general, but Disney clickbait especially annoys me because I know it so well. And I'm just like, God, stop it. Like this isn't a thing. So some of these two are, are actually a little bit valid in that, like the wrapped presents is a good example yeah. where that's something where people don't think about it. They're thinking about, oh, I can bring my nephew his present. But it's obviously if you're going through a bag check, like yeah. you can't bring a parcel that is uncheckable <laughs> yeah. and they don't have like airport security scanners or anything. Yeah, they don't have x-ray scanners or anything like that. But it's also, and the other one is like ashes. People definitely just ignore that one. Like yep. ashes are banned. You're not supposed to spread your loved one's ashes at Disney. People fucking do it. They find ways to, but like you're not supposed to, but it's not surprising that you're not supposed to be because like cremains are still remains of a human. Right. And Disney doesn't want them all over their property. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes a mess. Uh, I, They're going to clean it up. They're just going to sweep them up like, or it's going to get filtered out of the water that you dumped it into or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where we where we saw or heard something about that, but one of the examples was people think that they can, you know, scatter uh, ashes on haunted, haunted mansion, mansion and yeah. people won't notice and it's like, yeah, they they just sweep it up at the end of the night. Right. It's not like, "Ooh, I'm in a dark ride and no one ever cleans this." Right. Stop it. Right. They they actually do clean those things regularly, and if they didn't, you'd know cuz everything would be dusty and gross, which is kind of funny because they will go out of their way to make things look old and cobwebby and gross in a very specific, catered way, rather than just actually letting them go to hell.
next topic is another one that comes to us from our friend Sarah Beth, uh, who basically asked us uh, to hear how to handle crowds when you absolutely must be there during a busy time of year. Um, So the biggest tips, like there are a ton of tips that you'll find online about this. Some of them are like avoid extra magic hour parks. We haven't found that to be a big deal. Um, You know, like, oh, rope drop things so you can get on rides first, that kind of thing. What we've generally found to be the best strategy for this is just to be a little calmer and a little more patient while you're there. So if you have something that you have to get to, by all means, go single file, get through those crowds so that you can get to your commitment. But if you don't have specific plans, um, just take it a little easier. Don't worry if you don't go on a ton of rides. Um, You know, slow down a little bit. Yeah, we've found that on those days too, what we'll we'll try to do is make sure that we have fast passes for the stuff that we really care about. And then we'll just sort of take it as it goes. And if, if things are too busy or we don't feel like getting somewhere, we don't plan so heavily that we absolutely have to do X, Y, Z in order to be happy. And granted, that's also us. I know that some people, if you're stuck there during a busy time of year and you have some must visits, then... Well, it's going to be what it's going to be, but you can at least go into it knowing that it's going to be busy. And maybe this is my advice is to plan in a little bit of time here and there to just get out of the flow of traffic and not try to pack things too tightly so that then you can take a break. And even if you're not going to eat for 20 minutes, go sit at a restaurant and get a beverage or something just to get out of the flow of traffic, because that can allow you to recenter a lot more easily than if you're just going from ride to ride the whole day. Yeah, that was really going to be my next point of recommendation was to just like make sure that you chill, like find a ride that has lower lines, even if it's one that's like more for kids or like go to the Carousel of Progress. Like we had in our, was it December when we were there for a couple couple days? um, We had to actually wait for Carousel of Progress, which that was wild. Never happens. But like even still, it was worth it. You're standing there like. There's the pre-video, which we never get to see because it's always walk-on. So it was actually kind of nice to see that. That's actually a good part of Magic Kingdom to go to as well if you just want to kill some time away from masses of people because the people movers there as well. And it's one of the highest throughput rides in the whole park. So it's definitely a good option for just getting out of the way. Yeah. And it's... um, it's it's. That whole area can be a little bit better. I mean, if you're wanting to go on Space Mountain, Space Mountain obviously gets busy, but there's also like a whole walkway behind Tomorrowland. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I mean, it is, there is a smoking area back there. So like you might have to walk by a few folks who are smoking cigarettes, but it can be like a way to get from, um, between different parts of the park, a little bit like lower traffic and more chill. Um, so like really like to me, it's about not stressing out about things. It's about making sure that if you have a fast pass, like, and your window's 2.30 to 3.30, and it's like 2.29, and you would plan to get there right for 2.30 because you were going to go try to get on another ride on standby. Like, don't. Just chill. If you're all the way across the park and you're going to have to go through crowds, like, just proceed through them and get there when you get there. Just be a little more flexible. And this is, I'm kind of talking about the Magic Kingdom a lot here, but like there are places in all of the parks where you can find that are a little bit less congested. There's Epcot if you walk, instead of walking through the center to get from like World Showcase to Future World, um, there's like a side pathway that goes where 
Um, th- like a, there's a building they use for a lot of festival stuff. It's not the old Wonders of Life one. It's a different one that um, where like they they do beer tastings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the sometimes. beer tasting. The, there's it has bathrooms great bathrooms there. Too. Yeah, there's yep. bathrooms there. But like that's the it's like a side path, so it can be a little more chill. Um, in that whole area too, that's where uh, it goes up towards Test Track, and there's Taste Track, which is where where yep. you get the the croissant donuts. Yep. Um, that whole area can just be a little bit quieter, even on busy days. And especially once World Showcase is open, that whole area kind of chills out a little bit. Yeah. Unless you're actively on a path from the center of the park to a big line. Yeah. Hollywood Studios. Um, I don't remember where we... There's, we're actually, towards where like Muppet Vision is, there's a blocked off part because Galaxy's Edge is going to be there. And I think, again, this is one that I knew because of the folk, uh, person I was with who smoked <laughs> a trip last year that I was on. But... Um, there is like that dead end can be a little quiet because there's nothing to do there. Um, Animal Kingdom, there are plenty of places. Like most people kind of seem to ignore the Discovery Island part in the beginning, like with all the different animals in it before you get into the center of the park where the Tree of Life is. Um, so there's a lot of spaces there too where you can just like hang out, look at an animal and not be surrounded by people as much. Yeah, for sure. Another suggestion as well is not just taking breaks within the parks, but if it's a really busy day, taking midday breaks to just go back to your resort or something can also, assuming you're staying on property, can be a, a really nice way to just, again, get out of a public heavy traffic space and get back into your own space for a little bit. I found that that, uh, even on the quieter days, if I'm just having a lower capacity to deal with thousands of humans day, just going back for an hour midday can really, really help my ability to then go back into the crowds and not really be overwhelmed. Yeah, or to a different resort, too. I mean, if you're at the Magic Kingdom, go to any of the monorail resorts and hang out, walk around the Polynesian. Like, if you're at Epcot, go to the, what is it, Boardwalk and whatnot that are near there. So you have a lot of different options um, of places to go to just kind of get away from that. Yeah, seconding walking around the Polynesian. I don't think people realize how nice of a walk there is just it's right gorgeous. along the water. All along the water there. between that and the Grand Floridian, yep. um, even just walking around the Polynesian's grounds. Like it's just, they're just really well landscaped and it's very immersive. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really great place to just chill. Another option too is take some time to do things that are still fun things that are managed by Disney but not necessarily in the park. So go on a carriage ride or something like that, or go get a massage. Yep, there's massages at the Census Spa Grand Floridian, and I think another one somewhere that I don't remember. Um, the carriage rides at, at Port Orleans. You can go fishing at some of the resorts. So there are all kinds of those, you know, the, the pools are nice at a lot of the resorts too. Go hang out in the, the hot tub or something. Um, so there are those options too. But if you have to be in the park itself, again, like I feel like that's kind of the main question here. And if you have yeah. to be in the parks, like just honestly just relax like just don't let yourself get caught up in this idea that you have to make every commitment exactly as you want it if you know you're going to be there at a busier time there are some folks who are going to say like plan out every moment use touring plans like optimize every second and you can do that but to my mind you're going to have a better time even if you do less experiences you're going to have a better time if you just go you know i'll get my three fast passes and if i really want i'll maybe rope drop a ride um or pay extra for something like after hours or early morning magic. Um, but really just like, just try to take it easy. One more thing too that I was thinking about is we're lucky because we tend to go just as the two of us. If you're there with a larger group, especially if it's not like you and your children, but it's you and friends or something like that, 
don't be afraid to split up into smaller groups to go do things because you will have so much easier of a time getting around if you're not trying to trail four to seven people together in a busy time. Yeah. Again, chill. Go with the flow. That's chill. the best advice that I can give on busy <laughs> Disney times. Here's our great Disney advice for busy days. Just chill. It's very Just informed. Just chill out. It's very like, informed. Take a this, fucking chill pill. Let this bothersome thing not bother you. <laughs> Perfect. Finally, and I know I'm already saying finally, and it hasn't been that long of a podcast today, but we're going to Walt Disney World tomorrow, and I have been under the weather like the whole last week, so my energy levels are low anyway, so I'm sorry that this one's a little bit less peppy. And I don't want to have to edit a huge involved podcast <laughs> like while we're on vacation. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the, we're, we're finally going to get to our silly shit in Disney Films Corner, and today's topic... No, you're not saying Disney quandaries. He's fucking looking at me like with this mischievous look in his eyes. We're not fucking calling it that. Um, the the topic today is how the fuck did Rapunzel get a chameleon in Germany? Rapunzel has a chameleon. Tangled is set in Germany-ish is what it feels like. It feels German. Like it's, I think it's a German story in the first place, but it feels very German. Mother Gothel, like it's a, it's a Germany feeling story looking story the costuming etc yeah i feel like there's a way to confirm the source material right uh, there is and i just don't remember off the top of my head but i'm okay. pretty sure that i have confirmed it okay so like i'm pretty sure it's a german story and that they intended it to be in germany well listeners write in and tell us if Jesus we're Christ. wrong i'm it's even if it's a, if it's fine if i am because unless they are in spain which they are not clearly not um, it makes no fucking sense that she has a chameleon because chameleons are old world lizards that are in Africa and then up through Southern Europe. So basically like half to three quarters of the way up Spain is where they stop existing in the wild. So unless they're in Spain or like maybe a little bit of Portugal, there's no way there's a chameleon there. There's no way they would survive in the fucking wild all the way up to Germany and like there's a cutesy origin story in the animated series that like explains that like a snake was chasing um, Pascal's mom and like she protected him, but then eventually it got her and like, which also again, so Pascal's also a Disney princess because he's an orphan. <laughs> um, he, but like, so he like, I don't know, he floated down a river to get to her. And I'm like, that's just not like even there's nowhere close enough that would make sense that he came from. So here's, here's my only theory and you can punch holes in it if you want, but I, I'm not really sure exactly when this film is is set, but uh, let's suppose that people have kept chameleons as exotic pets for long enough that it's possible. Clearly, clearly, it was just a pet that had been, you know, set free in the wild in a totally inappropriate environment and was struggling. Nope, that only works in very specific <laughs> circumstances. Most animals, when let out, uh, are going to just die. Uh, notable exceptions are things like snakeheads and, like, uh, I think it's ball pythons that are a problem in, in Florida. Like, there's right. there are notable exceptions where you introduce an animal that effectively has no natural predators, but, like, chameleons, like, Germany is cold. Like, Germany is too cold for chameleons because 
they only range up through Spain because the temperatures will not sustain them. It's kind of like brown recluses. That's a topic for another. No, it's not a topic for different another episode. Podcast a totally entirely, different yeah. podcast or my YouTube channel. But <laughs> brown recluse spiders, you don't. We don't get them up here because the temperatures don't sustain them. Like they cannot live in temperatures the way that we get them. So they will die in the overwinter and then they will not reestablish in the spring. So like they're not built. There are animals that are not built to exist in colder temperatures chameleons are one of them i mean that's why we don't get the little tiny disney lizards up here either like it's just not something that happens and so i was just like i was watching it i don't know for the seven millionth time and i was like wait a minute how the hell does she have a fucking chameleon like that's not a thing and they weren't like again the time period doesn't fit that like someone was keeping one as a pet or they were like there was this hobby group of like herp people who started keeping chameleons. It was the only thing that I could figure. I suppose the other the other possibility is maybe maybe uh, I don't know a group of people revered them as some sort of you know I don't know mystical thing. Maybe they have powers in this uh, fictional universe, and that's why. Why do you keep stretching these things so far? You're like, well, I'm going to figure out a way to explain know. this. However, take all of it with a fucking grain of salt, anyway, because. In this universe, there was one magical flower that had sun powers that some old lady figured out the words to sing to to make it heal her. And, like, then it turned a baby blonde. And I, like, so I guess... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like, like that... the chameleon's not the weirdest part. It's that's, not the, the biggest stretch of your imagination. But, like, but it is one of those things where, like they tend to be pretty careful about detail and about like referencing historical stuff to pick costuming or architectural styles. And then it's like, where the fuck did the chameleon come from then? So clearly the chameleon was meant to eat the flower and to get a luscious head of golden hair. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's just a glowy fucking chameleon like floating around. Oh boy. I don't have a good explanation. I I have some contrived explanations, but I don't have a good explanation. And I'm I'm curious if they will just sort of leave it at that. I mean, there are lots of things that oh, I'm sure they're gonna you know don't really you're exist never, correctly. You're never gonna get but. an explanation. And Pascal's adorable. Like I love that little oh, motherfucker. Yeah. But I'm like, who put him there? Whoever who you are, right right in Disney animation person who decided that there was <laughs> going to be a chameleon since we have a huge following of Our huge who work following, which includes many of the people who create films for Yes, loads for of Disney. them. So many. All of them. They all listen. We're famous. Um, yeah. No, it's, it, it is. It's just like, I would love to hear an explanation of it at some point. And actually now I kind of want to dig around and see if like it's ever been brought up in an interview or like in a director's notes version or cut or whatever version of the, the movie. Yeah. I'm also curious if there's any precedent for chameleons being kept as pets or anything like that at all. Yeah, they're because... going to be like, actually, fuck you, Val. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think you know nature stuff, but you neglected history and societal, sociological. Yeah, actually, experts. a whole boat full of chameleons somehow made it to Germany. Don't, don't ask. Oh, the king of whatever loved keeping them and he gifted them to other royals as presents. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, there's probably an in-universe explanation, but it's. I love him. I just don't know why he's there. Anyway, we would love to hear your theory on how Pascal got to where the film takes place, wherever exactly that may be, probably Germany. And we would also love to hear 
which Disney myths or funny things you think uh, are utterly ridiculous, uh, send us your favorite listicles. We can't get enough of the dumb <laughs> listicles. <laughs> yes, we like being angry, so please do send them our way. Uh, you can do that via our website. We've got a contact form. It's at boardandsassy.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter. You can at us at boardandsassy. They're both the same. Board and A-N-D, sassy. It's very easy to do. Um, I don't I don't know if we're angry, Val. I think, I think we're just sassy. I, I mean, that's... yes, we're just sassy. Look. I don't feel good. My brain's not working. <laughs> um, but yes, it's no, like you can, you can always send us any feedback, any questions that you might have about Disney planning or about um, the parks themselves or about d- topics you want us to discuss, anything like that, send it our way. Um, and we would love to hear from you and thank you for listening. Bye. The house is shaking from the train. That's all that noise is.